This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple a true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your rigging ropes aren't just tools of the trade. They do the grunt work. They have to endure dynamic loads, abrasion, and moving through hardware while keeping you safe, which is why Samson rigging ropes are specifically designed and engineered to meet the rigors of your job the result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Stable braid rigging line is the industry standard for arborists. A durable polyester double braid rope with a high strength to weight ratio, torque-free construction with UV protection. Put stable braid to work for you. Stable braid from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information. My name is Kirsten. I am a certified arborist, a professional tree climber, and I'm very passionate about arbor culture, women in arbor culture, and also mobility training to be a better climber. Uh, well, I'm Casey. I am a fine, a professional fine artist in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I do any kind of creative thing I can get my hands on, whether it be abstract work for um, my gallery that represents me or just the fun digital stuff I can do, you know, in my own home, kind of stashed away in my office at my desk all day. That's about it. Yeah. And I guess my question for both of you guys is how did you first get in contact? I contacted Kirsten. I found her on Instagram through the magic of algorithms while I was first started posting all the illustrations and I was instantly drawn to her photos and I was at that point I was just looking through a lot of pictures and stuff and trying to get inspired from them and whatever I could find Uh, so it wasn't until a while later that I was really feeling like I needed to do some sort of female portrait So as I was going through, I finally kind of like bit the bullet and sent her a message. It was like, hopefully she doesn't find me super weird and kind of creepy. (laughs) And asked her if I could draw a picture of her. So she agreed. And that was, that was great. Yeah. Now it's grown into, you know, 
I consider Casey one of my friends, even though we haven't met in person. And it's been really awesome to collaborate together and more so like share a message of women as being strong leaders in arbor culture and as climbers and in any type of tree work. Um, so it's been really special working together. No, that's that's really cool. And Instagram connecting people is something that it feels weird to think about sometimes that, you mm -hmm. know, these digital connections end up blossoming into something much more. And Casey, I usually like to ask people how they got into their start into the tree care industry, but it seems like you're, do you have any experience with the tree care industry before any of this kind of stuff? My husband has been a certified arborist for seven years. So, and we've been together for 15. So I got to see him start his career off not knowing very much about tree climbing to it becoming something he's super passionate about. So I got to see that growth in him and experience it and also be the subject of trying to understand what he's uh, trying to teach me. <laughs> so it, was, um, it wasn't until he started his own company and he asked me if I could draw him a picture that I started going through all his photos and being inspired in a different way than I ever saw any of his gear before uh, to start drawing it. And I have uh, very few times tried to get up into a tree myself. So I know it's not easy. Yeah, I I can attest to that one. I've watched, <clears throat> excuse me, I've watched people do it and I my fear of heights kicks in from the ground watching everybody climb trees. So, uh, you know, yeah. good on, you know, like Kirsten, all you people who want to hop up in the tree and go up there, I'm going to stay on the ground and, you know, stay down there. But how did, how did you get your start in the industry? It's, it's pretty funny. Like, so I originally, I went to school for nursing. I did nursing for three years. I, I still technically am a registered nurse and I, it just wasn't the right fit for me anymore. I, I loved helping people and I love healthcare, but the medical system didn't meet the same values that I wanted to have with helping people. And that's why like now I've really focused on like my mobility training with, with climbers where I can actually help climbers like move better and feel better with work. And, um, but with regards to getting into tree climbing, it was like, I was doing nursing and I was like, I want to do something with climbing. I love rock climbing. I love climbing. And I want to do something with nature. And I just never thought about arboriculture. It just didn't come to my mind. And then there was a day when my partner had been working for, uh, a local tree climbing company and he was like can you come help out and I was like sure and I came help and helped out on the ground I was like this is awesome oh my goodness like I want to do this like I don't want to go back to nursing like so immediately I started working with uh, that company and then it kind of progressed after a, some time where some we didn't have the same values with that company we really wanted to like spend time with people connect with people and educate homeowners and, and really like make a difference with their trees and what's best for their needs and the environment and the company we were working for was like just cut the trees down and leave like not not very people focused so I was like let's do our own thing like we know what we're doing and so my partner and I started our own company and it's called Koala Tree and we've been doing that now 
our company has been about a year and a half. And it just was something that I, with my skills from rock climbing and like my love for climbing and trees and working outside, it just felt like it clicked for me. Like it was very hard at first. Like I remember the first time I got in a tree and it was in the backyard when like Jason showed me how to put the spurs on. And I was like, oh, this is so hard. Like I can't do this. And then it was like, just with time, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm actually good at this. Like I actually know what I'm doing and I, and I love it. Like we, you know, we take turns on who gets to climb the tree because we both want to climb. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think that's a really interesting transition from healthcare to tree care um, because they're both incredibly difficult and, you know, mentally difficult and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tree care has a little more physicality going for it, but it's still, you, you exchange one high stress job for another high stress job, which isn't usually yeah. the, the thing that people do. So I, I think that's great that you found something that you, you are passionate about and in love. And when you were making that transition between the two, where were you getting your education from? So with regards to learning about tree care, I learned a lot from, like I had done some outdoor experience when I was young, but I learned a lot from on the job learning. And I do very well, like with regards to like learning for my ISA exam, I do very well with textbooks, especially with nursing, like it's all textbook learning. So I can read a textbook and study it, understand it, and then go out and practice it. So it was a lot of, um, on the job experience and then like self-taught learning. And I did a couple um, of like the ISA courses on online and yeah. I'm a textbook learner. So I like right now, I just bought the utility textbook, the ISA. The ISA study guide textbooks are really good. They concise the information really well. And then if you wanna look at more information, I have like, I have like diseases, uh, tree care diseases textbook and like biology textbook. And I just, I go through them and make study notes and then it sticks. And then I practice it in um, like out in the tree. And I practice it with even like walking around the neighborhood and assessing trees and just always having an eye out. And I think when you really love something, it just comes easier and it comes, when you're passionate about it, it does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes that makes a ton of sense. You enjoy learning and you enjoy tree care, so it's kind of a a match made in heaven that they both work out, and you're passionate about learning more. And I think using the books and those other kind of resources is a little different than what I've heard, where people normally do a lot of on-the-job training or mentorship type thing, um, mm-hmm. because some of those books are are big and there's a lot going on inside of them when it comes to even some of the the less technical aspects there's a lot of terms you have to learn and a lot of identification is I think it's complicated because everything just starts to look the same after a while but that's just my own thoughts on it yeah I think with um with my nursing background like the biology and physiology and different identification tools I think I have with the medical background, I find it helpful for like different terms when they may use like necrosis or certain things. It's just, and like, I feel like I can visualize like trees and animals and humans, like our systems are different yet. There's 
similarities and and just the way things the world works is so interesting I find so my brain just like wants to like I want to know like all the different types of cells and the way it all works I find it so interesting so yeah yeah no that's that's really cool and in Casey when you come at it from an artistic approach when you're doing um I've I looked over your Instagram and saw some of the different um, illustrations that you did do you have the same sort of technical knowledge um, or is it more of yours comes from an artistic place? In the beginning, it was mostly artistic that when I would go through any of the reference photos my husband provided me, it was all about the shapes that the ropes and the devices made against the more natural backdrop of the trees. So I just went for compositions and I love the colors of all the ropes and devices. But as I went, as I started doing them, it was, he would have to explain to me all the, the technical things because he knew that every little detail was going to be noticed by the arborists who saw it, which I appreciate as an artist that the finer details are looked at and appreciated. So as I started drawing them and he would educate me on them, it morphed from me just liking the photograph to actually having a better understanding of the device and the way it works and why it needs to be with paired with this other piece and with a specific rope and all these things. So it actually sparked my interest to even get up in the tree more because I'm like, oh, well, now I understand what I'm drawing. And so it kind of kind of just happened. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. It just kind of was right there for me. And it made me appreciate the pieces even more because even though it seems so simple to draw them, they're really life support. And your life support and arborists have to trust these pieces and the way that they use them. And I find that fascinating. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting perspective because I know working in the marketing department that the arborist will look at everything and anything you put out and they will let you know if something is incorrect or not safe and up to standards, which I think, like you said, it's you, you're you very appreciative of people actually letting you know and, and paying attention to what you've created. And I don't think I asked because I think we just kind of went straight over, but how did you get started um, in digital illustration, but just as an artist in general? I have always been surrounded by creative people. My family is full of artists. My mother's a professional fine artist and my dad's a super skilled craftsman. So the support to be creative was always there. Um, so I grew up going to art openings and being surrounded by phenomenal artists my entire life, which then just made me want to be a part of that community even more because they were so supportive of each other. So it was always my favorite subject in school. And then fast forward, I just ended up always having to have it somewhere in my life, whether it be through, I did craft shows for years, and then I moved on to custom pet portraits while I was a dog handler. And then it went into doing abstract work for a gallery. And then I've, I've always loved editing things on the computer but I just had like a standard program that came with it. And it, so it was really frustrating. And I knew that as soon as I got the money to buy an iPad, 
pro with the fancy pencil that I was going to do it. And I watched all the YouTube videos beforehand and I just, just felt like it was something I really needed to have and could do because there's so much more control. There's undo buttons, you know, mm -hmm. you can go back a whole bunch and erase all the mess that you just created and start over again. And I just loved it immediately. And it's so different from painting or drawing and then editing in, in the computer because it's all right there and you can, there's so many options with it. Yeah, I can agree to the iPad Pro thing. I have one as well. And it, it's always weird to me how, I guess, like no mistakes are ever permanent on that. You know, I can yeah. mess up as many times as I need to and do it over and over again. But also it opens up that whole new um, approach in that digital world because there are so many options for you to then choose from and, and do things on the fly. And even sending images is a lot easier because now it's no longer a tube and a prayer that it gets to the destination not bent up um, now it's a digital file which I think is is really interesting and so now that you you I'm just gonna like move forward through your career but now that you have the iPad and that kind of stuff and you're choosing subjects you're choosing somebody like Kirsten to um, to to take a photo and make it into a different form of art. How are you going about choosing those kind of subjects? Is like, you said this one by chance was just a Instagram, like suggestion that rolls up. Is that normally your inspiration or creative process or is it something a little more formal? No, that's about it. Uh, it usually has to start with me making the space uh, to just kind of declutter my mind so I'm open to the inspiration but yeah it really just is scrolling through any kind of reference photos that I might already have I might go out specifically looking for references um, I love Instagram because I love the uh, amount of artists that are on there and they inspire me as well because even though it's something that I might not be able to technically do it still like challenges me to figure out a way to grow myself in the ways of digital art because um, with procreate people are uploading their videos on how they draw it and of course there's just doing it they're not explaining it they're not all tutorials um, and even then I find that limiting but I just love watching them and that right there just kind of sparks the creativity in me so and yeah it's pictures it's seeing the dynamic motion in a lot of Kirsten's photos and that they're they're real it's just her working and I found the power in that and a lot of the other women um who are arborists on there just like oh my god these women are really kicking butt out there and I love it and I just felt I wanted to somehow support that and illustrate that sort of power and confidence. And I saw that in her photographs. And again, once I see the picture, it inspires me. So I felt like I had to reach out to her. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and Kirsten, how does it feel to have somebody like Casey reach out to you and ask if they can do something like that? It's pretty surreal. I, you know, I've, I've come a long way with, with tree climbing where at the start I felt very not confident and I didn't didn't always believe in myself I was, I was I wasn't that I was just I was very hard on myself and I I would I knew I could do stuff but I was always just like you can do better you need to be better and like and I just I never 
it's hard to let myself accept that like I'm doing well I've worked hard like last year like in July I wanted to my goal was to fell a tree and then this year in July I do like technical tree removals and like you know technical rigging and climbing over people's houses and near power lines and I've grown so much and it's uh hard to like accept and like be proud of yourself but so when Casey messaged me it was it it made me feel like um like almost like honored to be able to help get this message out with her art about just that women can do this as well and in more so to not just put it to women but also that like you can do anything you put your mind to and like if there's something that you want to do like go do it like you don't have to stick with the same job like if you're not happy like and you have something you're passionate about like it doesn't matter what it is whether it's tree climbing or it's being a cook or running a business like whatever you want to do like you have that within yourself to go do it and I think that's part of showing like once you kind of take that risk and make the jump to do what you're passionate about like it's always worth it um but it's it's hard to get there sometimes so I feel like I kind of rambled <laughs> no that's but, a, that's that's good <laughs> but um yeah it was super cool that that she show and that's something that's really awesome about Instagram like I I it, I, I created like brave.roots for um to empower women and then it's come to this amazing thing of connecting with people and sharing messages learning from other climbers like same thing what Casey was saying about like learning from artists like that's something that's really cool is like I haven't been able to work with a ton of climbers but to be able to see them online and be like oh that's so cool oh you're doing a crane removal oh I want to do that like very cool to see and and then it's also like another avenue to be able to share like about my mobility training and to hope to make a difference that by taking better care of our bodies, we can then work better and feel better with life. So it's a really cool tool, um, social media. Yeah. And I just want to touch base on something that you'd brought up where you said you didn't feel like you were doing, you know, good enough because you were constantly placing those kind of expectations on yourself. Um, what are some things that you do to continue positive growth and positive attitudes towards what you are doing in um, you know, Casey, this goes for you too, but acknowledging that where you are is still an improvement than where you were last year. Like, how do you acknowledge that kind of growth to keep yourself motivated? I think a big thing is letting go of comparison to other people. It's good to learn from other people, but to, like, I only work with my my partner. We're a two-person team running our business, and I constantly compared myself to what he was doing, and I never felt good enough and always felt like I had to do be doing what he was doing. And when I finally like have spent a lot of time this year letting go of, of that and acknowledging my own strengths and the things I'm good at that are different from anyone. And I think it, it just starts with letting go of comparing yourself to other people and like getting in tune with what, what is my passion? Like, what am I excited about? Like, and focusing on the things that I'm stoked about and then following my stoke. And then I can see like the growth in myself and yeah. And just, I just also being, I guess, reflective too, and in your work and in your mindset and making the choice to shift your perspective. If you are being feeling negative or not enough like that in the end comes down to us and how, how we choose to feel like I can choose to feel like I'm not enough and compare myself to all these other awesome people or I can say hey they're doing awesome and hey I'm doing awesome and 
choose to focus on the things I've done well and the things I want to improve on, I can do that and follow my passion versus following negativity. Because when we follow our passion, we just, we thrive and we create a beautiful life. And so it, it also comes down to our own choice with our mindset, I think. I think what Kirsten just said was beautiful and spot on where certainly comparing yourself to others is just a waste of energy. And for me, I think it's, it's easier because I have this kind of photo backlog of all the art that I've made over the many years. So I'm able to go back and say, oh my gosh, look how awful that was. And yet still somebody had wanted to buy it back then. So I can go back and, you know, kind of tell myself from 15 years ago that like, you would not believe where we are today. You know, this is great. And so just also recognizing your small milestones as well as the big ones. Like, yeah, you made it through the day and you got a couple drawings and that's great, you know? And just to, just to recognize that, you know, even though I may feel some imposter syndrome still, even though I feel like I am an artist because I just make art every day and I have this innate need to do it because it is how I relate to the world around me. Um, I just need to honor that piece of me and just, you know, allow myself to just keep creating rather than stifling the need because my ego is getting in the way. Yeah, I think what both of you guys said is is good for everybody to know for a lot of aspects of their their lives. I think it doesn't just apply to your professional career, but also your personal growth as well. Um, I want to just start transitioning over into the exciting thing that you guys are both part of, which is the the Woman in Tree Care pre-conference at TCI Expo this year, because uh, Casey, you used a picture of Kirsten, and that's going to be the design that's on the t-shirt and the, or sorry, the long sleeve shirt, the stickers and all that kind of stuff. That's that's super exciting. And I, I'm curious to know, um, Casey, who reached out to you first from TCIA? I've, I've heard it on the back end many times um, from how about how talented you were and about how your art was and the excitement that we had. But I don't really know the story that went on leading up to that point. It was Kathleen. She reached out to me on Instagram and she asked me how I create my work. And I told her it was the iPad Pro. So we just kind of started talking about artwork. And I think for her as a visual artist herself, she recognized immediately the messages I was portraying in the works I did of Kirsten, where I was trying to bring that power out in a drawing, which isn't easy. You can, the reference photos there and Kirsten can embody all the power, but trying to put that into your piece, your two-dimensional piece, it's not as easy. And I think I forget that sometimes. Uh, so she reached out to me and I was, of course, so thrilled that she liked my work. And from there, she was just trying to see if I could somehow get my work involved with TCIA. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and Kirsten, this has got to be, you know, really cool for you to be I guess the face of of Woman in Tree Care pre-conference for this year. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I am so stoked. I'm so grateful to to be a part of it and I I I really make a big effort with trying to make shifts with let me reword that. Um I really value 
gender not being an issue in arbor culture. Like it doesn't shouldn't matter what your gender is, what what your race is, any of that stuff. Like we're all here to do whatever our job is within arbor culture. And I think there's I think sometimes people don't realize. And you know, even the other day when I was up in the tree, one of the homeowners said to me, she's like, oh, he put you in the tree today. And I was like, I I put me in the tree. I choose where I go. Like no man tells me where I go. Like and I don't, and she didn't quite understand. I think she was just being lighthearted, but it's like the common language that every people use is, is not supportive to women. And, you know, we should be supporting each other and using language that encourages all of us, regardless of gender, to thrive and to feel supported. And I just think that's such an important message to get out that let's support and encourage each other within the arbor culture community, regardless of gender. And we can all just achieve so much more and because as a group we can we do more than we can do as an individual so I think there's power in that yeah I think that's important to acknowledge and to bring up and to not shy away from those kind of conversations and letting people know like you said it's my choice I chose to do it and I think um I think it is important and it is it is relevant too there's a lot more at least from what I've been told, because I've only been at this job a couple of years. So I don't know the past 20 year history of the industry, but I've been told that there's a lot more women and even younger women who are coming up and into the industry as, as a first choice and something that they want to do and something they're passionate about. And that's, I think the positive change that we like to see, but there is a lot more that can always be done. So I think having, you know, advocates in, in both of you really make, I don't want to say make it more accessible, but you guys can be somebody for them to use as mentors or as just even a, a sounding board to talk to if things start to get difficult. Yeah, honestly, if anyone ever even needed, just sometimes you need to vent or to feel feel supported. I would say to anyone, to like at any time, reach out to me on Instagram at brave.roots because with even the amount of time I've been doing arboriculture, I've heard so much of it even with just like using a small battery powered saw when I was on the ground one day and one of the homeowners said to me he's like that's a perfect saw for you because it's so small and I'm like excuse me I use the 362 I use the like the big saws like it doesn't matter what size the saw is just because I'm a woman and it's just so many comments you get and and especially too as a business owner a lot of people assume that I have nothing to do with the tree work they're like I'm just the one answering the phone and they are always just like, Oh, tell me when, when the guy's here, tell me when the man is here. And I'm like, I'm doing the work too. <laughs> so it's like, I get it. And I am doing my best to come at it from a very loving and encouraging way to help shift language with people and not come at it from a way of um, feeling hurt rather than like, let's work together here and shift this. So yeah, I'm, I would just say I'm, I'm here to help in any way. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's good that they have, you know, support. I just want to talk about the um I guess it's the the image that it was chosen to be on the the shirt. Is there any sort of backstory um behind the image or why it was chosen? Is there anything or is it just a really interesting photo? Because it is, as I look at the art, it, it's a very interesting thing, but I didn't know if there was anything more going on behind the scenes that either one of you guys could could fill me in on. 
I just, I love how dynamic the photograph looks, you know, and again, I don't believe that she's just up there posing, you know, you're, she's just doing a day's work and she's got all the systems clearly, clearly visible and she's attached by two points. And so having all the um, safety boxes checked off was helpful in choosing a photo, but also I just, I loved, again, like her stance on the branches and it um, just looking out over to the end of the branch. It, to me, it just, it seemed very powerful. Just, just the composition of the photograph and her colorful pants. I love those. Yes, arborsic pants are awesome. I love them. Um, I guess to add to that as well, with the, the image, that was a very cool tree removal for me. I, I definitely found my flow with that tree. It was last year in the summer and it was probably one of my like fairly large tree removals early on. And my partner and I take turns climbing. So we go every other day climbing and I had climbed the one day and I was, it was his day to climb. And he was like, you know what, why don't you take this again? Because you have been doing so awesome. And it was so great. I, I really felt like I was thriving with that tree and I, I got to it was a three days removing it. It was, it was a really large tree in the front yard of this lady's house. And I think another cool part of the image is that I'm, at, I'm not using a chainsaw in the photo, which is something that I get interesting comments on on Instagram. Cause some people will be like, where's you using a saw? Like sometimes you're just in there looking and or not doing anything. And I'm like a huge part of tree work is assessment and considering what you're doing and being mindful and intentional about your movement and your choices because it is risky and there's a lot at stake and that's important and to get to capture that I think is is awesome and another I guess just to say a, a shout out to it wouldn't be possible without my partners taking the photo and that's something I'm grateful for that he takes a few minutes out of our busy day of him being on the ground to bring his camera and take a photo so the moments that we get photos are can sometimes be sparse and rare and it's only when he is not rigging and he's able to take a photo but they're never posed or anything because he usually snaps a photo when I'm flowing and doing my own thing so it's when I'm not needing him to be on the rope or him to be moving anything when I can just be moving through the tree assessing maybe doing rigging things on my own or hand cutting things and that's when he can get a photo so yeah, I think that's something that's really cool to share. Yeah, and uh, I always forget to ask at the beginning, but I keep forgetting to ask, do you guys want to share your Instagram um, handles so people can find you and your work and all the stuff that we have been talking about that you guys want to share? Yeah, my Instagram handle is Night Squid Studios. That's awesome. Yeah, my Instagram is at brave.roots. And the name actually started from when I, I heard um, Brené Brown's book, Brave the Wild. And it was about kind of stepping into your own personal growth. And I really liked the idea of like braving something and stepping into something that is uncomfortable. And the name kind of came about from some ideas with my partner and I, and we came up with Brave Roots. And I think it just emphasizes the going out of your comfort zone and being in nature and also like being grounded in 
something you're passionate about. So yeah, my Instagram is at brave.roots and you can find, I share my tree climbing there. I also share my rock climbing and my personal um, training as well as like my mobility training. Every, every Monday I have my mobility Monday where I'm helping tree climbers and tree workers improve the way they move and the way they feel. That's just also something I'm just so passionate about. Because I feel like our bodies are most important tool as a climber. Like if we can't move well and we're not moving efficiently, like the rest of the work isn't getting done as efficiently. So it's so important to take care of our bodies. Well said. And I'm just looking at the time, trying to be, you know, conscientious of where we're going to end up. Is there anything that I haven't brought up that either one of you guys would like to um, say or discuss or anything? I don't know if I already mentioned this before, but I know we touched around this idea where I find it really important to, as a woman, to support other women, but to not, and this is where I'm not sure if I already said it, but to not see them as competition. I think that is so important in any amount of growth um, to be done anywhere in the world, whether it be in the artist industry or in the art world as well, is that we're all here to learn and share ideas with each other and grow in that point. So if, if you find yourself competitive with these other people, unless it's at uh, a competition, it's, it's just stifling your own learning. I find that really important. I totally agree with you, Casey. I think that is a huge block for us when we become focused on competing with others and focusing on what they're doing and how we can either keep up or be enough. And as soon as we let that go and just focus on our own growth, we're able to tap into our own creativity and our own passions and grow so much more and grow in a way of love and connection with others. So I think that's, that's really well said. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your climbing ropes aren't just tools of the trade. Your life literally depends on them. Specifically designed to endure any environment you throw at them, Samson climbing lines not only meet the rigors of your job, but are engineered to keep you safe. The result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Hyperclimb is a new 100% polyester 11.7 millimeter double braid climbing line engineered for both moving and stationary rope systems that run well with your hardware and prusiks. Hyperclimb's low elongation is key for long ascents and dual purpose climbing. Hyperclimb from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information. TCIA is happy to announce online testing. With TCIA online testing, you get to say bye to pesky paper testing and the process that goes with it. No more mailing, no more waiting. With online testing, you get your results instantly. You'll receive results and feedback immediately after you hit submit. Our online learning platform is widely used and the go-to platform for colleges all across the United States. With such a widely used system, you have the tools that you need to test with confidence. To learn more about online testing, visit TCIA.org or call us at 800-733-2622 to learn more.